Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, a Kids in the Hall podcast cobbled together by four nostalgic millennials strewn across the globe. We'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and life lessons like why you should never serve soup in a bag. <laughs> I'm Kalina McCordoff and I'm joined by Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. Well, gee, howdy, Kalina. And Stu Derricotic and Trevor Record in Vancouver, Canada. War Mr. Guns. I'm across the strait. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we'll be reviewing episode eight of season two, which aired on November 13th, 1990, at least on HBO, I think. So let's kick off with our sketch rundown. We have got a terrible lounge act, not to be uh, confused with Sizzler Sisters, which is amazing, but mm-hmm. Dave and Kevin, again, are two talentless <laughs> lounge performers. But sing us a stupid song anyway. Mm-hmm. Birth of a Nation, where the kids fight in a field and make some references to the plights of fascism and democracy. Um, getting fired, Fran and Gordon are back. And this time he blames Fran's packed lunch, the famous soup in a bag, <laughs> as the reason who flew off the handle and got pretend fired. Reed emotionally abused his family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Police department. Bruce interrogates Mark about how he can afford a duck like that on a cop's salary. This is the best police department. (laughs) It absolutely is. A nice duck like that. (laughs) Yeah. And then Freak Show. Um, Bruce and Dave are two annoying kids who catch freak nosebleeder Kevin on his lunch break at the County Fair Freak Show and heap abuse on him until his nose just can't hold back anymore. Uh, a, a seminar about money. Yes, Mark and Dave are a swindling con artist giving a money seminar to a group of senior citizens in Seattle. Wow, look at Gordy money. <laughs> <laughs> You've got money momentum. <laughs> money momentum. Uh, then cops and surf cops. Uh, Scott is actor Tony Baldwin, the star of hit show Surf Cops, who trolls the street for young men, but has a watertight press release reminding everyone he's not gay. <laughs> <laughs> and we finish up with liposuction. <laughs> Kevin and Dave, again, serenade Bruce and Scott on their honeymoon with a very accurate description of the process of liposuction. Uh, <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like with a bag yeah, of Yeah, they flop a bag of fat down at the end. <laughs> And Mark is oh, just no, sitting at one of the Queen, other tables I thought you used doing to hate this one. It seems like you like it now. <laughs> she's had, come back to she's that, had right? time and realized that it made other people uncomfortable and it gave her power. <laughs> Yay. So let's dive in with segment one, which is kids say the darndest things. So give us your favorite quotes from the episode. Stu, start us off. Mm, honestly, it was a great episode for delivery, but kind of a shitty episode for actually good lines. Uh, there was a moment at the end of the Lounge Singers. Where Dave looks up excitedly and is like, requests? I thought that was just real good. And like we said, I really like the delivery in Nice Duck, where Bruce is like, how's a guy afford a nice duck like that on a cop salary? And Mark, with his little little shift, he's like, found it. I just, I really like that interaction. I thought it was, it was really good mm. execution. Oh, the money momentum one is also just like so but good. I, and it's- that one's so divisive. 
What? No. I, I didn't what? like Money Memento. Memento. I thought it was kind of garbage. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh care for it. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Okay, well, I mean, I guess I guess the thing is, like you said, like it's not it's not that there's like one line zingers. It's like for me, it's the whole package and again, like delivery, like you said, Stu. Um, but this <laughs> this part where Mark's like, okay, well, you know, folks, you gotta know that there's a lot of good years ahead of you to gain money momentum. And then Bruce says, that's right. It doesn't matter if you become a shut in. If you lose your legs, all you need is a phone voice. <laughs> You always got to have the silver lining. Mm. What about Trevor? <laughs> Who minds being a shut-in if you're a shut-in in a bank vault? <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but I, I, there's a lot of good Kevin lines in, in this episode in general, because I also like him and Dave in the terrible lounge act, but I also like his nose bleeder character. Mm. And there's a point where he's like, look, I don't have to impress anyone anymore. Oh, sure. When I was young and desperate to make friends, I'd nosebleed at the top of a hat. But now I accept myself for what I am, a third bachelor whose interests include model airplanes and pottery and whose profession is no <laughs> and if you can't accept that then i'm afraid your friendship isn't needed here i feel like your your dulcet tones trevor like don't quite Match. catch the profession what i said and you do it yourself more of a di- i'm more of a bruce impressionist know, you're more of a kevin so this is true hey here's a question yeah. though so if you're a desperate for attention in your 20s and then in your 30s you're a confident bachelor who likes model airplanes what happens when you're in your 50s do you become desperate again just at just wondering just wondering <laughs> apropos, <laughs> no, apropos you, nothing at all apropos nothing. <laughs> i almost took the bait on that one Hans. <laughs> So Hans, do tell. Do tell. Oh, uh, so I think mine is definitely from that cold open, and and I mean you kind of mentioned it, Kalina. It's 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 the whole package, but um, you know, let me create an image for our viewers out there. It's when Kevin uh, bursts onto the stage dressed in a gown, takes a <laughs> flying leap at the piano, misses it, falls completely <laughs> off the stage, comes back, hops up onto the piano, lays down on it, all splayed out, and sings, "I can't believe they're letting me sing here in no musical talent." <laughs> can be found i look pretty awful in this gown dear and my legs aren't structurally sound and oh the hairy legs in the gown too the hairy legs in the so gown good. yeah yeah like um, i've never seen an entire leg be knobbly but somehow oh, yeah. he does it yeah it's not like knobbly knees it's like no, knobbly it's the all legs. everything yeah yeah, yeah. he's wearing like black socks and sneakers too <laughs> and, a, and a red a red like red bad cocktail dress gown. yeah yeah um, but I will also say that um, Money Momentum had some really great lines, and so I, I loved I loved the one uh, in that sketch where Mark says, "Well, he's kissing money. I'm going to stand over here and tell you a little story." <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> just and Bruce is just over there kissing money, just kissing some money. I think and I know we I had didn't... this in the intro where he's just like, "Wow, look at Gord eat money." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love the idea that that's also young Gord too. Oh, yeah. yes. oh shit! That's why oh, he's so my jaded. God. He lost his money momentum and now he's just stuck eating salty hams. <laughs> Wait, no, Trevor, may- maybe did you soups have in a bag. A- yeah, Trevor, did you have um, a second favorite from Soup in a Bag that we missed? I did, yeah, which is um, there's a part where like Scott's like, oh my god, I suppose I'm going to have to learn how to operate a computer. And Bruce is like, Fran, a woman your age, a computer to eat you alive. No, we're going to have to sell the roof. The roof? Well, I don't want to have to sell the whole house, Fran. The house? Okay, we'll sell the house. Gordon, no, not the house. Yeah, all because of a bag of soup. 
Vegas soup. <laughs> All because of the Vegas soup. Uh, Good luck, title of an essay. I do love that he he just starts with the just the roof. We'll just get rid of the roof. Like yeah. that's a reasonable thing that people do. Just conservative, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, not the whole house. Of course not. That'd be crazy. Also, I feel like this is an appropriate time to bring up. Has anyone listened to the Mark Marin podcast with Bruce? Not yet. Yeah, we did. Have all of you done? Am I the I only did. bad podcaster? Yes. Uh, I don't. I actually don't listen to podcasts other than my own because I'm a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, I, I particularly bring this up? Uh, I guess Trevor, you and I can talk about this. <laughs> Is that the more wow. obviously that I that I heard about his own dad i'm like oh gord is bruce's actual dad <laughs> well yeah, yeah. but we, we knew that about salty ham right and well i think we like kind of assumed like i mean having known that they all kind of had like sh- most of them uh, shitty upbringings that they were kind of channeling it but like the more he kind of talked about his his, his dad actually like you know the alcoholism mm-hmm. like calling I, him in the middle of the night being like i'm lonely come talk to me let's talk about the virgin <laughs> empire <laughs> oh. <laughs> the way he describes his dad is basically like he's he's a traveling he was a traveling salesman uh, bruce's real dad i mean yeah mm-hmm. and um he was kind of like a hipster but the thing is like when you think about it like would a hipster make a good dad it's because it's just like he just likes to go on benders and hang out with people that he thinks is cool and is not very good at being a dad, essentially. And take Polaroids of himself? <laughs> Trevor, I'm pretty sure you compared me to that person when, like a year ago. You were like, he's a musician in the way that you're a musician. Like, you just like to get fucked up and ruin people's lives. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> that is brutal. I can't believe Yeah, it was ice cold. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think that this is your, the, the stew reading into something that was probably more tame version of that. Maybe. Yeah, listen, was... I'd like to remind you at this point that we are, in fact, all friends and we love each other very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stu's like, uh... I'm going to say that you said I was exactly the same <laughs> Bruce's, Bruce's alcoholic traveling salesman dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not untrue. Because I, th- I thought he played jazz. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he was, he no, also, he was he at least into jazz. jazz or something. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to a segment we like to call Does This Hold Up? Because Does we this haven't had up? one of those in a while. Um, <laughs> so I'd like to talk about the liposuction sketch. Because uh. after laughing along, <laughs> it kind of dawned on me. Would this be something that could actually run without criticism in 2018? I feel like there has been a very strong body positive shift in the past year and a half. And now I don't know whether this is humor that would actually run in a contemporary sketch show. Discuss, Hans. Uh, you know, I, I think it would hold up. Um, and I think it holds up because the sketch, to me at least, didn't feel like it was about fat shaming so much as it was... Just the the humor of it was about getting into the fine details of this medical procedure to ruin a happy moment for the couple having dinner. Like that was yeah. that was the the way to get laughs out of that sketch. And I feel like if 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 there was any target to the sketch, it was if anything, it was pointing out kind of how gross and extreme liposuction is as a quote unquote solution to being overweight or obese, mm-hmm. um, and that that was the joke more than making fun of fat people. Now, that being said, you could argue that it's not super funny, especially if you don't really care for those kinds of gross sketches. But me personally, I like the absurdity of it and the gross out stuff doesn't really bother me. So I got some chuckles out of it. Chuckle, chuckle, stoop. Ch- sensible <laughs> chuckles. Chuckle, chuckle. I think now there would be some grumblings on Twitter um, from this sketch. But like, I don't think that it's because it's terribly inflammatory or awful. It's just like, I don't really think you can avoid 
some vitriol online anymore. That's just the world we live in. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's like, yeah, I don't think it's terribly insensitive or uh, controversial, but like, I don't, I just don't think you can avoid, unless you're doing like really safe comedy, having some people being outspoken. As a side note, you guys were talking about the bag of fat. When I was a teenager, I worked at a resort, and a lot of it was doing plumbing from people being dummies. Like Ooh. we pulled a we pulled a beach towel out of a toilet once. What? Oh. But one of the things we we pulled out was a Safeway bag full of animal fat. And I remember I was with the owner, and he was like, "People are fucking monsters." <laughs> and Not I don't. Wrong. Not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, that's, God, that's weird. So disgusting. Yeah. I was so. Never was- top that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a, a different story. It's not about kids in the hall. It's just a gross story. And I <laughs> shared the it best with one the of the world. episode. Trevor, top him. Top him, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> top it, top it, top I'm, I'm supposed to be talking about this sketch, and Stu's talking about like weird, gross things he's pulled out of toilets. There was know. a bag of fat. How often do I get to use my bag of fat story? <laughs> okay, good, good stories. <laughs> do you guys know? Like, do you guys also get these like? these fatbergs in the sewers in Canada or is oh, yeah, that totally. just like a London thing? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it's a more of a thing in London than anywhere else, but uh, we have them everywhere, yeah. What is uh, a fatberg? It's an iceberg made of fat. Oh, it's oh, it's oh, in that. the sewers and it just like, it's congealed fat and like non-biodegradable things like wet wipes that just like come together and they have to be chipped away in the sewers because they aren't going anywhere and they're blocking stuff and they're just, they, I, they try to describe the smell, and I think they tried to put it in, like, one of the museums here in London, like, part mm. of it. Oh, God. Uh, oh. They're truly, they're truly awful. They're, like, they're, like, the gum underside of a desk, except for it's all fat and wet wipes, and it's in a literal Ooh. sewer. And, I mean, to kind of, like, loop this back in, I wonder how doctors get rid of their liposuction fat I after plastic surgery. I assume they just turn them into fat birds. Oh, they have probably. biohazard, they have biohazard disposal things. Or they have mariachi bands, hand them out to people who are dining in restaurants. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Trevor, what do you think? Getting back to that sketch. More than anything, it did read to me as like a gross out sketch. Like the joke was they were talking about surgery in bags of fat at a restaurant during a romantic moment. Uh, But I still don't think it would hold up today just because people are a lot more um, sensitive about uh, jokes about body image and things like that. And I, I was kind of like reminded recently uh, because a, a, some friends of mine were at a, a curling bond spiel where like cavemen type men still hang out sometimes. And one, <laughs> one of them wanted to tell us like a bunch of just really bad jokes that centered around like famous women's plastic surgery. Um, and they were like offensive bad jokes. And it kind of reminded me of how back in the 90s, it was really normal just to like use the idea of cosmetic surgery as a, like a, like a comedy crutch, and yeah. you don't hear that very much at all anymore. It's not particularly funny when you think about it either. That was like Martin Short's entire career in the nineties. Like, oh yeah, and like when, when you think about the joke, it's it was just like, "Ha, that person's body's not real somehow because <laughs> they had some surgeries." Yeah. Well, you know, but yeah. you know what's like? I guess the the, the reason that this came up in my mind was because yeah I, I get I get that you're like okay the joke is like isn't isn't liposuction kind of gross and super extreme but then kind of the punchline is at the very end when the couple gets up and they just like they're super wide and thick <laughs> and and but you know what I mean like it's just like the punchline is their fat and like that's why they were targeted in the restaurant 
about a joke about liposuction. So it no, just, that's a good point. But I feel like that the joke is on the people targeting. It's like it's like oh. These people rushing in to interrupt their romantic dinner to be like, look, this is how liposuction works, and you should know about liposuction, and da da da, and like, and how awful liposuction is. Like, I think the joke is on the people that are like advocating it. I just don't think that would run today. You can't just say, you can't make a joke like that and have it hold up in 2019. To be fair, though, most of Kids in the Hall would not run today. Yeah. Well, that's why we have this segment. (laughs) This is the thing. The thing that is kind of funny about this is the fact that we know Kevin used to be fat um, before Mm. they actually started on TV and you know he's one of the singers uh, talking about liposuction so but I do wonder you know if he was still hefty uh, you know if he just embraced it and do the sketch anyway or like you know would say like John Candy in his time kind of participate Mm. in this kind of like fat shaming joke I don't know John Candy absolutely would have yes I think mm-hmm. the only part that would like, really draw betrayal now is the final part side reveal that they're really hefty. Because, yeah. like, how do you compare this to the Dave abuses Kevin in the car? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, we, yeah. Didn't, that, 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 we didn't really flag that as terribly offensive. And that's essentially the same joke. Can I also just point out really quickly that you both said hefty, and I haven't heard that used in a little while, and I love I it. And love I love the I'm term 100% going <laughs> to refer to some of my friends who are on the heftier side as hefty in a loving hefty way. Hefty boys. I'd be like, oh, you're such a hefty boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of my friends said he wanted to be a warrior monk, and he was like, yeah, but you gained weight, so you're just going to be John Thick. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> you guys do not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to get angry remarks on Twitter, guys. <laughs> hey, listeners. Like what you hear? Think Stu and Trevor are wrong about the Helens and want to give them a piece of your mind? Well, we want to hear from you. Email us at contact at kithandtell.ca and let us know what you think of the show. And if you flatter us, we'll have you on the show someday. Also, make sure to follow us on social media. You'll get notified as soon as a new episode is up with the freshest, most handcrafted gifts pulled from the most gifable moments of each episode. You can find us at twitter.com slash kithandtellpod or on Facebook at facebook.com slash kithandtell. Give us a follow or a like and be sure to share with all your fellow kith nerd friends. All right, so before we go, let's choose our standout sketch and worst sketch with a rating out of five. Trevor, start us off. Uh, Birth of a Nation isn't even a sketch. It's just the kid struggling to fill time, so it gets worst. Uh, But I'm going to give Scott's uh, Surf Cop best sketch. Because... uh, Another sketch. Sketch. It's a sketch. Thank you for taking the heat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, even though, like, I, 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 um, don't know if it's, like, the, the, his best kind of way of doing this, I, I kind of feel like he's, like, you know, he, he's doing, like, his own sort of therapy thing here, you know? He's talked at length, um, how, like, in his early days in interviews, he's talked about how, um, people wanted him to stay in the closet and, mm. like, said, you know, mm. you're never gonna make it big, uh, so maybe this is his kind of way at kind of, uh, getting back at, at those that did stay in the closet. Also, I have a theory about this sketch, which is that the character's name is Tony and that he is the Tony from oh. Hotel La Rue. Mm. There's no chance that that's true, but I, it's my little pet. In, in, <laughs> in my little headcanon, that's true. Yeah. 
So um, my best sketch is between getting fired uh, and a seminar about money. Uh, and even though it's <laughs> always a delight to see the domestic hellfire that is Gord and Fran's marriage, uh, I just can't look away from Gord eating money. So <laughs> four out of five bullshit money well, seminars it, from me on that It's meant to one. illustrate something. It's better to get involved with money than to talk about money, Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really got to take that on board. Um, as How many people here sketch, have been hit by lightning? <laughs> all of you? <laughs> as for worst sketch, yeah, I got I to gotta side with you, Trevor. It's got to be Birth of a Nation because it really did bother me that it was Mark's voice, but Kevin's body in the distance who was talking. And those two things do not match. Mm, so oh, wow. one out of five Democratic But that's the reason it was bad. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it really bad for me. yeah, for yes. a lot of reasons. Uh, I'll, I'll just point out another reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with I agree with Trevor that Birth of a Nation isn't even really a sketch, so yeah. I didn't even bother to give it a rating in my episode notes. Um, but for the best sketch, I would give it to the cold open this week. I thought. Uh, it's always nice when Dave does his I'm bad and I don't care kind of attitude and he does it in this sketch to perfection and Kevin like just beautiful physical comedy like that's what Kevin does best uh, the other thing just in credit for this sketch is that the sketch had its joke it delivered it and then it ended there was no filler there was no low points it was all stake and then it was done uh, four off key notes out of five for me mm-hmm. nice Stew. Uh, yeah, no, Birth of a Nation is incredibly derivative and is the weakest skit for me this week. Uh, for me, it feels just like straight out of the Monty Python playbook. It reminded me immediately of that, uh, the one where they have the old ladies reenacting famous battles in a muddy field by hitting mm-hmm. each other with their purses. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, eh, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, also, I hated Seminar About Money. Uh, I know you guys liked it. I know you liked what? it. I just... The Tony Robbins bullshit is, like, kind of intentionally vague and predatory, and I just didn't feel like there was a lot of jokes there. Maybe it's just because that trope has been around for so long, but it just didn't really land for me. But like, it was fresh back then, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> fresh, like the smell of fresh money in the bank. I did like the watch Bruce eat money bit. Like, Mark has a little bit of the delivery, but it's that same kind of Mark is doing a, like, traveling salesman kind of character that he does a lot where it's just like i'm charismatic but i'm saying things that are wacky (laughs) they both work really well together too so it's like this whole like both of these con men sort of being like i have a story oh i love this story we're in seattle Seattle i love how Stu was just shitting on the sketch and trevor's like i agree it is great and here's why (laughs) i will i will agree with trevor they do have fantastic chemistry and like i like them both in that kind of manic con man role and in the the more serious police department role and they just kind of I, I don't even accept that Stu dislikes it. I think he actually likes it. He's lying yeah. to, to I, just, I think I just, I just Stu's trying to, to be the cool kid who doesn't yeah. like the hot thing that everyone else likes. I just wanted to point it out because you guys liked it so much and I I wasn't crazy about it. But for the best, I'm with Hans. Terrible Lounge Act was yes. fantastic. They just, no, I'm Stu really impressed. Not impressed. <laughs> Let me start again. So no, no, really we're keeping oh, that. Oh, no, we're keeping that for sure. Not impressed. What's the word? Disgusted. No, st- st- Stu, I'm very surprised that you didn't like, like, yeah, again, that domestic hellfire. Like, didn't he get like, oh. like I put cheese in my coffee. <laughs> I, that, is, from, that is a good it, point, it, Lena. It is a good bit. You usually the, love anything that's like, you know, painful childhood memory. I think like. for me it was because salty ham is so good and this felt mm. like a less good salty ham. So that's I just like, that's I fair. couldn't really go for it. That's fair. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the second round of Sizzler Sisters. You're just like, mm, I, love, yeah, I love it, but it's not exactly. really good. That's yeah. a 
exactly the comparison I'm looking for. Mm. But we still love them because they're so horrible. I love it. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for our episode eight review. Join us next week for season two, episode nine, which will be hosted by Mailman Hans. (laughs) (laughs) In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at KithandTellPod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts. So thanks for listening to Kith and Tell. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.